Later this year, the Victorian government will open the $18 million, 1.7-kilometre missing link in the bike network between Tarabun Creek and Yarra Trails. This is good, but is there room for improvement? Just because it is to do with active transport, have we really maximised the benefits for as many users as possible? Alan Davies is a prolific writer on urban transport issues. We've interviewed him in the past on the program, and he can be found in Crikey Media as The Urbanist. He joins us on the line now. Alan, you wrote a lovely piece about this potential extension. You talked about it as being a freeway for bikes. What did you mean by that? Oh, hi, David. Well, the way it's been designed, um, because it passes through private property, some of which have had to be compulsorily resumed um, to build the link, it's got a creek on one side and it's got and it's fenced on the other side. So you get on at the top, the northern end, and um, you can't get on or off until you get to the southern end, hmm. 1.7 kilometres later. The problem that presents, although it passes through a golf course for a lot of its length, part of its alignment, it goes past residential areas. And the difficulty is that the people living in those areas won't have ready access to the... Um, cycle path um, you know as I was saying it's really just one end or the other end they're your choices it tends to make it then a bit of a fast freeway style of bikeway which maybe you have to go out of your way to get onto. that's a concern to you isn't it it is and that's what's upsetting the residents they have a longer journey to get to the start of it although if you're on a bike, that's not such a huge problem. Um, it's just that it's going to be a shared walking and cycling trail. So for pedestrians, that, that's, that's uh, off-putting to have to walk a considerable distance to get there. But on top of that, and this is a really big problem, they have to cross a, um, uh, a road bridge, which is four lanes, very busy traffic, quite fast, um, and the footpath is very, very narrow. And so parents are going to be reluctant to let their children walk across it much less let their children cycle across it. A chain is as weak as, or as strong as its weakest link in some ways. Yes, that's a good point. That notion of mixing bikes and pedestrians, that's not easy. And if it becomes just a freeway-style bikeway, that conflict tends to be enhanced, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I refer to it as a freeway because of the fact that, like a freeway, it's got limited access, hmm. which just seems really nonsensical given that um, this isn't a standard freeway requires very expensive ramps and a lot of room uh, space to be devoted to interchanges. Well, that's just not the case with a, a bicycle path. It's a lot of effort for someone to walk or have to pedal to get to a path. So, it seems logical that you make access, which is pretty cheap, as easy as possible, that you make them porous. I wasn't thinking of it as a freeway so much in terms of it being high speed. I mean, there is an issue there of the relative differences in speed of pedestrians and cyclists. I mean, we know that. we've There's a lot of complaints in Melbourne. You've had a lot of complaints in Sydney. I recall a few years ago, a media personality, Jane Caro, writing an article in the Sydney Morning Herald complaining about speeding cyclists whizzing past her as she's, uh, as she's walking. So it's a universal problem. I don't think it's going to be any greater on this particular stretch just because it's got limited access, really. Because it's only really an issue when there's pedestrians and um, cyclists in close proximity to each other. But it's something that is going to have to be addressed as more and more 
people take up cycling, more and more people take up walking, you know, we're more conscious of exercise, a whole raft of reasons for that. This difference is, you know, is becoming more difficult and we're going to have to think of ways to, to deal with it. In fact, the freeways have had to take this, the from cars have had to take this on account. Many years ago, one of my first jobs was to talk about whether we needed a new bridge into Penrith in Sydney on a local sort of line. And my point was there was a freeway nearby which was totally underutilised and it didn't have enough ramps on and off it for it to act as a ring road of a number of centres but of course the road authority had this notion of we build for the long distance we build a freeway where you get on at the beginning and get off at the end this notion of well the shorter trip or the more accessible trip for a range of vehicles is a really important planning point do you feel oh yes yes oh yes i think we've got to be able to make that distinction between um longer trips and short trips between high speed trips and um and low speed trips you've got to find the right balance obviously you know, not. I don't think it's the case with a bicycle um, path. And, and kind of just as a bit of a diversion, just point out that the the reason there is limited access to this bicycle path for these residents is more because of an issue of the government would have to negotiate with private landowners, you know, compulsorily or purchase, whatever the case may be, to get that access, say, to the midpoint of the path. And, and that's what the that's what the issue is in the particular case of the bike path that. Uh, I wrote about. But yes, in general, um, when it comes to, to motorways, you've got to be able to find a balance because it's expensive to provide interchanges. They take up um, a lot of space. I think one of the big problems with Melbourne's east-west link, the reason why it had a, um, a poor benefit-cost ratio was because it had some very spectacular engineering in there to enable cars to get on and off the expressway or the tunnel um, onto the support... The- I'm not trying to denigrate the bikeway in any way, but uh, yes, to try and make it as good as possible. And I'm not necessarily promoting the roads. Just another issue, of course, putting in a bikeway sounds good, but it's not always necessarily motivated by the desire to actually serve the people as well as possible, but maybe just to be seen to be serving. One of your previous articles talked about the Footscray Road from uh, Maribyrong River to Mooney Ponds Ponds Creek, and it hung underneath the Western Distributor, I think. Uh, That that you were a little bit cynical about? Uh, Can I just say, Dave, like a good Sydney cider there, Um, Maribyrong Mm. River. Mooney Ponds Creek. <laughs> I remember when I first when I first moved to Melbourne from um, New South Wales, I was talking to someone, asking them about the Maribyrnong River, and they gave me this <laughs> surprise look. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, look, councils in particular, but state governments too, if they have an unpopular project like a freeway, they'll toss in a bike path and say, "Look, try to appeal to the um, to the opponents of the." Um, of the motorway on the grounds that those opponents also tend to be cyclists. So, you know, you should be happy because you're getting a bike path as well as a road. So that's that's about political horse trading. And I think that's one reason to be cynical, but another reason to be cynical is there, especially for councils, it's so easy for them to be able to point to X kilometres of bicycle path we've built in the last few years and really it's just some painted lines along the road without due regard to whether or not this is a bike path that will work, that will be attractive to cyclists, that follows their desire lines, 
Well, this is a universal problem, of course, as you know, that you know, politicians will be looking at pointing to performance indicators rather than to real outcomes. So I think uh, because bike paths can, can be created on roads with paint, they're particularly susceptible or vulnerable to this, um, uh, you know, getting the statistics up, getting the performance indicators up without, mm. without regard to whether they really work. I guess that's why it's vulnerable to box ticking. Very early in my career, uh, an engineer went out to take some photos of people riding on the new bikeway they'd put in, and no one was there. And he, he had to try and talk to local kids to try and ride along it so that he could at least take a photo with someone on it. Yep. I make no judgment on him. I think he was just trying to do a good job. But the, the point being is, if it doesn't serve the purpose, then it's not. That's the key. Me- that's the real key measure, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. That's the key measure. Um, you know, I mean, you, you can box tick with a road, I suppose, and that does tend to happen, but they're, they're a lot more expensive, so hopefully there's a little more um, care goes into selection. But when you just got to paint uh, a lane on a road, then, um, you know, you really do get a, a real risk that, um, we, yes, we've got a bike network, but let's just not even notice the fact that it's not attractive to cyclists. I'll finish just on one point, though. I think, too, that we have to make sure that our focus on cyclists isn't just for the journey to work, that it needs to be, in many ways, a lot of local trips, uh, cleverly planned and focusing on things like schools and libraries. My point being is that quite often if we go to build a road or upgrade Parramatta Road in Sydney, for example, everyone says, well, you've got to have a bikeway there as well, Well, where in reality you might need to have as bikeway out in the back streets two schools for very specific reasons. In other words, the variety of trips needs to be catered for yeah i think i think that's right um it has to be said and i'm, I'm thinking here specifically of melbourne data which i've looked at more closely but I, I suspect it's probably true of other places that uh, most cycling trips are either recreational you know the weekend riders on bike trails and things like that or their work, journeys to work or school so i reckon it makes sense to be designing your facilities around where people find it most convenient to cycle but I don't think that's the end of the game because as our roads get more and more congested and we're looking for less space intensive ways of travel we want to be inducing or encouraging people to take those other trips by bicycle Mm. rather than by car and the journey to work the journey to school take them out they're still only a minority of all trips so I, I agree with you you need to be thinking of encouraging alternative modes like cycling for all purposes and that's going to require a different kind of infrastructure designed to just the um, journey to work or just to recreational trips. There's so many issues there Alan I'd like to take up in the future but for the moment I thank you very much for your time. Okay and good to talk to you again David. And that was Alan Davies who writes as the urbanist for Crikey Media on their website and he has joined us before and we hope that we will be uh, talking to in the future.